Welcome to this episode of Alive and Thriving. Today, I am so, so happy and excited to welcome and introduce you to a really, truly special guest. She is such a beautiful soul out helping women to create a sense of calm and peace in their own home. I'm going to introduce you today to my mentee and such a beautiful human, Sarah Pot. So Sarah is a mom of two. Her daughter is eight, her son is six, and her husband and her made the decision three years ago to leave the hustle and bustle of Sydney to enjoy a slower coastal life. And so they moved to Kingscliff. Now, Sarah is owner of a professional home organizing business called Zen Spaces by Sarah. She helps busy women feel more at ease in their home through decluttering and organizing. She's so passionate about helping women feel in control and at ease in their home. And that is so that they can focus on what matters, which is be with her, their family or work or self-care, whatever matters to them. So in this episode, we are going to have some very real conversations. We are both mums. We both live with kids and husbands and mess and clutter and all of those realistic things. And I absolutely love exploring this topic of how mess and clutter can actually impact our, not only our mood, and we do have an episode you might like to scroll back and have a listen to where I spoke about mood and how mess and clutter impact that. But also too, we're looking at this from an energetic perspective, as well as really simple tips for you to actually get started in your own space. So we're going to chat about why having a clutter-free home is beneficial, how it helps you physically, mentally, and emotionally. We are going to chat about systems, having systems actually in your home that are not only going to help you to become organized, but to stay organized. Because I know for me, like I literally share in this episode about how I have set my family up for failure (laughs) with the systems that I have implemented, which they only really realized as Sarah was talking. And so I already can't wait for the weekend to go and have a go at reorganizing some of the systems that I have put into place. Sarah also shares some really key questions, some really thought-provoking questions to ask yourself when you are embarking on a decluttering journey in your home. So let's get ready to dive into this episode. I'm so excited for you to meet Sarah and to hear all about her business and how she can help you. And if you are looking at any way that you might like to release and let go of internal clutter, then I would love to speak to you about potentially working one-on-one together. Or if you are a coach, a healer, or a service provider, maybe you might like to chat about whether the Transcendence Mastermind is your next best move for your personal growth, your energy management, and your strengths-led business strategy. Let's get into it. 
You're listening to Alive and Thriving with Jessica Reed, the podcast that's all about empowering you to achieve optimal wellness and success through self-care, holistic practices, and raw conversation. Jessica and her expert guests are here to share powerful insights and strategies to help you overcome stress and anxiety, take charge of your life, and thrive in life and in business. Grab a cuppa and let's dive in. So on this episode of Alive and Thriving, I am joined by Sarah and she is a home organizer, a professional home organizer. I have been begging her to come to Canberra for as long as I've been following her on Instagram. Sarah, welcome to Alive and Thriving. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation and I know that a lot of my listeners are as well. We have actually had I think a previous episode, I did one where I was talking about the impact of mess on mental health. And we even spoke about the fact that it is a very much proven thing that that mess and clutter will impact your fight or flight response. And I'm just so excited to have you here because I think this is not only going to be really inspiring for a lot of people, but also really validating as well to know that you, well, I'm going to let you tell the stories, but to, to know that you work with clients and women, you work with women who are feeling the same way about their mess and their clutter and that it's not necessarily something that you are overreacting to. If you are at home thinking, I just can't deal with this or I don't know where to start or, so yeah, listeners are going to get a lot out of today. But oh, I, absolutely. I have formally introduced you at the beginning so before we started chatting so what I would love for you to do is to share with us a little bit more about who you are and how did you get on this journey to becoming a professional home organizer okay so how did I become a professional organizer I have always loved organizing ever since I was little and I wasn't always neat and tidy but I just always found the satisfaction in decluttering and organizing. But I didn't know it was a, a job. I ended up falling into lots of different jobs. The last thing I did was my primary school teacher. And my kids were little. And so I went on mat leave and I was really excited to go on mat leave because it meant I didn't have to teach five days a week. And then... My son was getting close to a year and I thought eventually I'm going to have to go back full time to work and I don't want it to be teaching and I don't really want it to be anything that I've done before. So what is it that I love doing? What do I do in my spare time? What would I do for free? What do I find a lot of joy out of? What do I get lost in when I'm doing? And it was decluttering and organizing. And I just thought if I can do this in my own home, I can help other people, other women to do the same because I know that instinct isn't there for everyone, but I know it has so many benefits. So I just decided one day I've got teaching as a backup. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't really matter. But I'm just going to get an ABN. I'm going to get an Instagram and just put it out there and just see how I go. And obviously it was slow to begin with, but just picked up and I'm not teaching anymore. I haven't done for a few years now. 
and I'm doing this business full time. I just find so much joy out of it. Helping women, helping my clients to just feel calm and at ease in their homes. Oh, Sarah, and love. Can I just say something that really stood out to me when you were saying all of that? Is you didn't say, I don't want to go back to work, so how can I make money? You said, I don't want to go back to teaching full time. So what lights me up? Mm. What you I wrote down, what gives me joy? What do I get lost in? And and if you are not watching this through YouTube, if you're just listening, Sarah had this like full body response, which is what do I get lost in that I could just do for hours on end? And so that to me straight away tells me that you are going to have a very successful business. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> because I don't believe that you can be showing up in that kind of joy and alignment um, every day. And I'm sure you go through business challenges and all those hmm. things, but I don't believe that you can be in that kind of joy and alignment and not be successful at what you do, whatever you define success to be. Yeah. So what a beautiful yeah thing to witness just simply hearing you talk about how much you love your job did you find that when you first when you had your first child that then you started noticing the clutter and things build up that was something I really struggled with as a mum like my home yes my home became we were in a little three-beddy when I had my first daughter and our living room became a toy room we had nowhere for storage. My garage was the storage. I could barely walk into it. The treadmill was covered in boxes. Like they may as well have not even existed. My home became a storage space. And I saw you post something on Instagram a few weeks ago. And I don't want to directly quote it in case I'm wrong. But it said something like, your home should be a living space and not a storage space. Actually, yes. Yes, I love that. Talk to me about the importance of having a clutter-free home. And sorry to interrupt before you speak. <laughs> I just wanted to very clearly articulate at the very beginning, if you don't have a clutter-free home, this in no way is meant to make you feel guilty or tell you how you should be living or to make you feel any kind of shame over that clutter because I want you to know that I struggle as well with keeping things organized with clutter with I don't know where all the stuff comes from I swear I don't buy it for them but it's still so just to just really put that disclaimer on at the very beginning yes I think that's I think that's so important too because even I still have clutter creeping into my home I still have spaces in my area I need to tackle that again and declutter that again birthdays Christmases anything like you go shopping to buy your kids some clothes because they're grown out of their clothes. It needs to be, a, it's a process, it's a constant journey and it's not something to feel guilty about because it's something that happens to everybody and it's a matter of finding the time and the capacity to be able to tackle that and that will happen at different parts of your life, different stages of your life. Sometimes you head down in work or you head down in newborn baby phase and you just can't do it then. And that's okay. It's really important to be really gentle with yourself and accepting of this is how it is. I'll get to that when I'm ready. When you spoke about your home is a living space, not a storage space. Yeah, it can be easy to forget what our homes are for. 
therefore rest, relaxation, play, and creating memories with our family. And while it's important to have things and the storage spaces for these things, we need to remember that our homes are to be lived in. And when things get in our way of living, that's when it becomes a problem. So two questions you can ask yourself if you're finding yourself in this position is, are my things overpowering the purpose of my home? And what is more important, my things or the quality of my life? Oh, hit me hard. My partner, when I get overwhelmed by things that are around the home, particularly things that I'm struggling to find a home for within my home, my partner will say, it's meant to be lived in. And I completely agree with, which is why I accept that the kids are going to make a mess and there are going to be toys out and cleaning is a part of it. (laughs) Uh But I struggle with the amount of things and the things. So I love those questions that Uh you just posed because Uh if they actually um, getting in the way of how you enjoy your home or how you experience your home, then it's time. It's yeah, to, to, exactly. To deal with. Oh, I love that. And our homes, it's important to remember too, that our homes will get messy. Especially if you have children or if you live with anybody else. Anybody else, really. <laughs> Your homes will get messy. But I think what's important to address is clutter. So clutter is anything that you don't use, you don't need, or you don't love. So mess is inevitable. It's the clutter that's the issue. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. I can accept the mess, even though sometimes I do question how I signed up to be a 24-hour a day housemate. I think you can accept the mess because you do remind yourself there are little people here and this is a time Mm. of life that I am. I need a sneeze. Sorry. A sneeze. Sorry. Yeah, but you're so right. The clutter doesn't have to be there. So those questions, what don't I use, what don't I need, and what don't I love? Is that what it is? Yes. Wow. If you are listening, write those down or circle back to this time. I'm going to, I might even write them in the show notes because that, those, they seem very simple, but I can imagine they must be really powerful, particularly when do you work with people who want to go through that declutter process but are very emotionally attached to their thing? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So do um, those questions help you to get around that? I do. And I actually have a whole heap of other questions that I'm happy to share if you want me to. Oh, I would love that. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, I know some clients, I know some people who would really benefit from hearing this. Yeah. Yeah. So... It can be challenging for us to let go of things and doubt often creeps in. Things might come up like I've spent a lot of money on that or I've put a lot of effort into that or I might use it one day or I'll fix that one day. I'll fit and into it one day. I'll fit into it one day. Exactly. Oh my <laughs> and no one's immune to this. We all have these things pop into our heads when we're decluttering. So the thing that I do with my clients and that I encourage people at home to do The first thing is to envision how you want your space to look and how you want it to feel and what you want to use the space for. So get clear on that vision first. 
then think about what percentage of the items in that space will need to either be let go of or move to a different space in order to reach that goal. Yes, yeah, so really get clear on your vision because when that doubt creeps in, you can go back to your vision and go, does this reach my vision? Does it help me achieve the goal or is it hindering that goal? So the questions that I ask, and I'm, it's never in a judgmental way and the answer might be different to what you think and that's okay. It's just to get curious, get really curious about why you're struggling with this and how, what's it going to take to either just make the decision to keep or let go of. So write these down. (laughs) The questions to ask yourself can be, when was the last time you used it? And if you haven't used it in a while, why not? Do you have something else similar that you could choose over this or that you would choose over this every time? For example, you might have a whole heap of black pants and you probably have one or two favourites that you're going to choose every time, even if maybe you've worn them before and they're still dirty. You're going to choose that same pair every time. Then you probably don't need the five other pairs. You're so seen. <laughs> I have wardrobe. I have, I've built the whole spare room wardrobe of my what if clothes. Mm. Yeah, my what if. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to digress for a bit on the questions. No, please do. Something yeah. to remember is that your wardrobe because we're talking about clothes, your wardrobe is meant to make you feel good about yourself. So if you're looking at, if you open up your wardrobe and like, that's too small, that fits funny, that itches here, I've got to constantly tug on this, it's not making you feel good about yourself. So you probably don't need to hold on to those things. You want to be able to open it up and go, I look good in all of that. I can pick any of that to wear today. And it makes your decisions easy, makes you feel good about yourself. I know what I'm doing this week. I've been cleaning out my wardrobe. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so back to the questions. Two questions. How much time, effort, and money will it take to fix it? And is it worth it? And will you realistically fix it? So these are for your damaged things. Yes. Be realistic because I know even I've held on to things. There's a little hole in that. I'll sew that back up with the buttons and you say, and I never, ever do it, yeah. ever. Yeah. Some people will. And if your answer is, yes, I'm going to fix it, that's okay. But be realistic with yourself. The next one is, how do you feel last time you used it or wore it? Did it bring you joy? Did it bring you frustration? Did it make you feel insecure? How did it make you feel? If you saw this in a shop, would you buy it again? And, yeah, then coming back to your goal. Yeah. Does this thing, does keeping this thing help or hinder my goal? Yeah. Mm. What I noticed about every single question really is it's all coming down to, not all, but a lot of it is coming down to emotional connection. How yeah. do you feel about this? How do you feel when you go to wear this? How did you feel the last time you used this? When you walk into people's spaces and they have hired you to come in They obviously have gotten to a point where they are feeling something in their home that needs to change. What sort of impact on their mental and emotional health do they share with you that they are experiencing before you come in? Before I come in. So often they're feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, 
stressed, out of control. Mm. Not out of control as in like they're ragey, although maybe, but no one's ever said that. Out of control <laughs> as in I don't feel in control of my home. Yeah. 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 And those I think are very relatable feelings. Mm. That again, I think I touched on at the beginning, a lot of people with clutter and mess and things at home would actually shame themselves over feeling these things, particularly if they're getting comments like it's just stuff or it's just mess or it's not a big deal. And so I really wanted to ask you that question because it is so validating for those of us who are potentially feeling like our mess is tipping our nervous system over from a space where maybe we might be struggling to cope a little bit already and we're on the go and life's busy and we're doing all the things and then yep. that clutter is enough to tip it over the edge. And so you're not coming home yeah. to a space where you feel how you would create your vision. I imagine I want to come home to a, a calm and I love with my eyes being able to look around and just not see clutter. Like that for me. Same feels really good. It's not the reality of my life a lot of the time, but only the day before the cleaners come. We clean for the cleaners and then yes. yeah, that's it. It lasts, it lasts less than, it's not even a full day. That's Sunday night. Then they're gone by Monday. And by the time everyone gets home, that, that dream's <laughs> over. But how I imagine the space would make me feel and the purpose of what I would want to use for it that provokes a very calming nervous system for me. And so if I am operating from a space that is already maybe a little bit high stress or a little bit high emotion and I've got things going on in my world and in my head and then I'm coming into a home that doesn't have that energetic capacity to hold me in the way that I need to because the clutter is adding to it, then you're going to be getting feelings like out of control, overwhelmed. And so I love that what you do is literally create a safe haven for people in a way I'm assuming with systems to help them stay. And I know you do check-ins and things. I saw on your Instagram <laughs> a story, I think just yesterday, where you yes. were really checking in with a client a few months yeah. in yeah. to help them because that is something too. We go on this big like spring cleaning kick. And all of a sudden, we've organized ourselves so well that we actually don't know where anything goes. <laughs> no, there's anyone else in the house. <laughs> and, and, then, and it's not maintainable. It's not yeah. maintainable at all. And so what made you maybe get that quick dopamine hit because or that quick feeling of calm and relaxation? It isn't sustainable long term. So mm. talk to me a little bit more about how organization and systems can actually help us to run our homes more smoothly, but also keep it, have a better chance of keeping it maintained for a longer period of time. Yeah. So when you said client check-in, I'm not checking in to see, have you done your job? <laughs> and my client actually, yes. Have you made a mess in my, in my yeah. work? Or was it my client? Was her husband said to me, also, oh, what did we get out of 10 for maintaining his was it a one? I said, I'm not <laughs> judging. I'm not here to judge. No. <laughs> You've done very well and I'm not judging. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, so having organization and systems set up, it means that your day will run smoothly because you don't spend your time looking for things. 
It also reduces your mental load because you don't have to keep the tabs open of where different things are. And therefore, the questions that your family asked you will decrease. So hopefully no more, where are my shoes, mom? Where are the keys? Where's my wallet? Constantly. I got a phone call. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I got a phone call while I was away. And my master, my peers will giggle at this because some of them were in the taxi with me. And the question was, where do we keep the mop? And then the next question was, what do we put in the bucket? The mental load of this. I know where we keep the mop. It hasn't changed actually in five years. So that's probably not an organization thing. That's just a mental load thing. But yeah, it is, it's that constant, like, we are supposed to be the ones to know. And so mm. that's actually a very real impact on mental load and mental health. Oh, it's huge. Is that feeling like you have to be the keeper of all the things? Where is, yeah. where is this? I saw one of your shoes. This is literally the conversations I have. I saw one of you with my partner, by the way, not my kids. <laughs> I saw one of your shoes left on the back deck and I saw the other one. At the front door entry. Mm-hmm. And where are they now? I put them in your cupboard because that's where they live. And that's your mental load. That's adding yeah. to your mental load that you yeah. kept in your mind where they were before and where they are now. And it's not sustainable. It leads to overwhelm. So I have a system in my house and my kids are better at following it than what my husband is. But, this but, is not meant to be a husband bashing episode, by the way. This is our personal experiences. I'm just yes. sure some men are He's wonderful in lots of other ways, but just <laughs> kicking his shoes off wherever is not is what he does. But anyway, so we have a system in our house where we have baskets in a spot that works for us. So as soon as we walk in, we take off our shoes and we put them in our baskets and we have our own individual baskets. And these are for our everyday shoes. So our school shoes, like sports shoes. We live near the beach, so our thongs. And so since setting that up, I haven't had any of mine or my kids' shoes go missing. Like every morning when it's time for school, their shoes are in that container. Shoes. So I'm everywhere, even though you've got a basket. <laughs> I'm just, I'm only laughing so hard because that would be my house. That would be yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that. That's a really great, that's a really great example of, of a simple way to systemize something that works for your household. And it's got to work for your household and it's got to be functional for your household. So I love setting up drop zones. So it's like where to put your keys, your wallet, your shoes, your handbag, whatever it is. Don't put that at the back of the house because you're not going to get there. It's going to end up on the kitchen bench instead. Like we have ours at the front of the house. So before you get to the living area, there's a spot to dump your things. Mm. And we're lucky enough that in our home, it's behind a door. So if it gets messy, it doesn't really matter. But it's only those things that go in that cupboard. Nothing else is to go in there. So yeah, your shoes, your wallet, handbag, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about creating the organization and the systems that work you and your family and to yeah to have that thought process and that consideration when you're setting those types of things up yeah straight away I can actually identify why some of my systems don't work yeah because like you said it's about even with the accessibility so with the example of one shoe being somewhere and one shoe being somewhere else in his mind 
it makes sense that they're downstairs near the door because they're accessible. In my mind, I've got clients coming into the home and so I don't want people to be walking through shoes. So I put them away in the bedroom cupboard, which is upstairs and as far away from the front door as you could possibly get. And so I understand how I created a system that is clean, but it's not maintainable necessarily for my family. Um, Yeah. And especially if you've got things in your hands and you just want to kick off your shoes, you don't have time to bend down and pick them up and take them upstairs. And going with that same example, I've lost my train of thought. No, it's (laughs) shoes, keys, wallets, my goodness. I do have a basket. I am, that is one thing that we have gotten really good at is there is a basket near the front door and Mm -hmm. that is just where the keys get dropped. And And it literally is just for keys, sunglasses. If I find his wallet laying around, it goes into that basket. Yeah. It is literally just for that. So we have gotten good at that. But yeah, I really can see why other systems that I've implemented don't work. And so I love that you're really stressing that there is not some, because I really feel like there is, and I could be wrong, maybe this is just my perception. So maybe I'd love to hear if you feel the same working with clients in this situation, but there really is like this mental pressure that once you do have this like declutter or this system, like that everything has to be really like clean. People, mm. do other people have that mental pressure as well? Is that just me? I have that mental pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and I've struggled with letting go of having the perfect house because people look to me like you must have the perfect mm. house. It must be amazing all the time. And I do feel that pressure, like, oh, someone's coming over. They're going to judge me if it's not perfect. And I'm sure lots of other people feel that same pressure. And it's just, and then people come to our homes and we're like, sorry for the mess. Excuse the mess. Yes. Yes. And what what are we sorry for? People live here. I know. I see clients in my home and... For the majority of them, not the majority, but a lot of them, they'll come through the front door. They literally just see my entry, our first lounge room. They get a little glimpse of the toy room, but I think that's, I always not worry about that room. But to the eye, I think it looks quite clear. And I go by that theory of people are coming in when they come in here, generally coming in because they are stressed or anxious. And I don't want to add to their overwhelm. Yeah. But then I'm also like, this is a business. I want it to feel professional and clean. And so I do go to that extra to make sure that those spaces, but then if they need to use the loo, they've got to go through my whole downstairs. And so for the majority of it, I do feel like I'm keeping the kitchen really tidy, clean. Mm. Obviously that's clean and tidy. So my house is always clean, but I keep it always, but yeah, in terms of filth, like my house, I have a clean home. But I worry about that untidiness and, and I literally, every time, if I think there's something in the laundry tub that they've got to go into the laundry to use the loo, I'm lit- I am apologizing. I'm literally yeah. saying, sorry for the washing sitting in my laundry. And they're probably but- like, I have washing sitting in my laundry too. Yeah. And I actually had someone come over, a client with a child and the kid came in and goes, oh, your house is so clean. And the mum was like so embarrassed, but I was actually <laughs> thinking, it wasn't that clean. And so it's so funny how we also have this perception as well that we have to keep this. Where did that come from? 
do we have to have this immaculately presented home for people to come over? I will stress my, I yep. used to, sorry, I know I'm very aware of it now, but I used to stress myself, really stress myself. Someone would be coming to drop something off. They might come in the house and therefore we better not let them see that any of it is messy. Where yeah. did it come from? Like, I, don't, I don't know. Social media? And I feel like it was around even before then. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is it the 1950s housewife mentality? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It comes down to, so there were studies done that basically said, oh, I'm just trying to think, for women, a tidy home indicates having it all together. And so if we have a, a messy home, a house feels messy and cluttered, then we're more likely to have a lower self-worth, we feel inadequate, and this can then lead to depression and anxiety. Yeah. So it comes down to us having that self-worth because it's, and it probably is that 1950s thing, like the women are the keepers of the house. So it reflects us. It reflects you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you know, I just had this moment because Sarah, I've just been obviously going with my messaging, with this really clear messaging in terms of business recently that everything comes down to what's going on inside of us. Like everything, if you want change in your world, it comes down to you. And I just never made that connection of the home potentially being that reflection of social proof that I have everything together yeah that's just something that and so coming down and coming down to your worth that and that doesn't that just circle back again everything just comes down to you in the sun oh absolutely everything even (laughs) yeah and there's there was also there was another study done by UCLA and it was 32 middle-class families and all of the mothers their cortisol, their stress hormones spiked during the time that they were dealing with their belongings. And there was also another study done by Dr. Saxby. And while men can appreciate a tidy and decluttered home, both of these studies found that cluttered environments affect women more than what it does men. So we say our husbands don't get it. But it just doesn't affect them in the same way that it affects us. And maybe it comes down to that programming, I guess, that women are the keepers of the house. But it just just doesn't affect men the same way that it affects women. That's so interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I know. I have heard, I have actually heard things like that, and I cannot remember the exact information but I have heard things like you will look at a room and you will see the shoes on the floor and you will see that whereas the man in what he is looking for and it's something about their brains being different so again Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily even though I still sometimes get upset about it (laughs) even with that knowledge of their brain being different it's something about they they will look at the same room and they'll just see the couch that they're going for and and yep. so and everything else it's almost like it's not in that I guess in that particular awareness for them. I also yeah. know I guess from a stress and emotional perspective, 
and I work with women, so I cannot really speak about what's going on for men in this situation by being bothered by clutter and things like that. But for women, if we are already activating, working, sorry, from a fight or flight response, if that's what we are doing in our day-to-day life, mm-hmm. when we walk into a house or a room and there is clutter, our brain is seeing this. If we have to step around something, if we have to be dodging the Lego or stepping over something, our brain is actually seeing this as threat, as things yeah. that we be dodging and avoiding. And it's keeping us on this high alert in this, like, literally, I'm under attack by the shit in my house. (laughs) And that's just going to keep you. And they have, and I know there's studies, I can't quote them, but I do know Mm. that there are studies about that survival instinct around mental load and clutter. Yeah. And how it literally can keep you in that fight or flight response, even just for that purpose, which is absolutely fascinating and I think also an invitation for anybody who is being harsh on themselves about how it is impacting them to have some self-compassion and absolutely you're not alone is and it is it seems almost trivial or I don't know to it's a big concept to think this little bit of mess this little bit of clutter is causing me anxiety and depression like it's to my husband for example it would seem like why is that causing you to feel this way but imagine if okay so imagine waking up and getting out of bed and as you walk to the bathroom you step over a full basket of clean washing from a few days ago so you've added your to-do list maybe you feel a bit deflated because you should have done that already and then you jump in the shower and then you jump in the shower and then you have to decide which face wash to use because you've got multiple and you have to decide which shampoo and conditioner to use because maybe you've got multiple so that's already decisions that you've needed to make yeah then you step out and you begin your morning beauty routine so you have a few things to get out of the way to get to your body moisturizer and your deodorant then you squash them back in place then you run me through the drawer to find your face cream Next is your makeup, which means more rummaging. And then it gets left on the bench and putting it away right now seems too much. So you just leave it on the bench. Then your hair dryer, you have to move things out of the way to get to your hair dryer and you've got to find your hairbrush and you're already you're shuffling around and it doesn't feel good. Maybe you're getting your scent out and you have to pull it out really carefully so you don't knock things over. And your bathroom has items left on the bench and you're already feeling a little bit huffy and the mess can be dealt with later. But you've already added to your mental load, you've already met, added to your to-do list and you're already feeling ugh, a bit icky. All right, then it comes to choosing your outfit and you have to shove things to find what you want and the frustration is gradually building and then after multiple try-ons and dumping the not-today choices on the floor, choosing what to wear seems overwhelming and you end up choosing what you always wear anyway. And you feel okay about that, but you don't feel great. And then finally, you're ready to go. And on the outside, fine. But on the inside, your I'm about to snap level has been heightened just that little bit. And your to-do list has already been added to. And then your partner has to leave for work and you can't find his keys. But you stop what you're doing to go and help him. 
you're looking under letters, under paperwork, miscellaneous items that have been sort of dumped or placed on the bench. And you're both feeling frustrated at not being able to find them. And maybe you both begin playing the blame game. You put them there. No, I saw you did this. And then eventually you find them and you leave some work and the energy in your home isn't great. And they'd six out and it's only seven o'clock in the morning. And it's only an hour into your day. Oh, yeah. Times yeah. that by all the hours in the day. Mm. Times that by every single day. And you can start to understand how this anxiety and depression, it, it would just weigh you down to get to that point. Yeah. So yeah. if your home is decluttered and if it's organized and you don't have those little tiny moments of those needling frustrations throughout the morning, it just changes the energy and how you feel just in the morning. Of course it would. And if we think about that, life is a series of choices. We're constantly, everything we do is constantly faced with choices, but we have so many unnecessary choices. And from what you just shared, all these decisions that you had that someone has made in that first hour, most of them could have been avoided by not having to sift through clutter and sift through multiple things that you probably don't even use the other face cleansers. Probably only use, and I have to say upstairs, I'm thinking of my own bathroom. (laughs) You know, I have ones that I just will keep just in case because they were gifted, even though I have no intention of using them because Mm. in my mind they're toxic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think about, if you think about everything, everything being energy, Absolutely everything. Mm. And you talk about the energy of your home and spaces, they hold energy. Mm. And so if this is the energy that your home is holding for you, then you are also going to get into this energetic loop where you step into the home and then you have this automatic response to that as well. And that energy makes you feel off within your own home. And that's not what we want in our homes. <laughs> no. So just that that energy of safety and that energy of, of calm or tranquility or just however mm. you want your home to make you feel, we don't want to be holding energy of unnecessary bickering, of blame, of panicked fight or flight responses over where the keys are supposed to be somewhere 10 minutes ago. Because yep. all of that energy, particularly if you are not doing regular energy clearing rituals in your home, and I doubt most of us go and grab our sage stick and go and cleanse our energy and, and do those mm. kinds of clear outs regularly. And if we're not doing that, then that stale, stagnant energy is going to stay stagnant. Yes. Yes. And you're literally, you're living and breathing it and vibrating into it mm. every single time you come into your home. Absolutely. Actually, my client yesterday said to me I was this was the maintenance one I was doing I was maintaining her kitchen for her so putting everything back and I take like clean things and everything yeah and there was a little bit of decluttering but not a whole lot and she walked into the space and she said the energy has changed in here and you just make things feel more zen and it's just so rewarding and fulfilling to help women to feel more at calm and at peace in their homes so even just by yeah, just decluttering a bit, cleaning a bit, getting that energy flowy again. She felt it as soon as she stepped into the space. Yeah, yeah, and you will, mm. you will. Oh, I love. So, you spoke about helping people feel calm 
and that in the side of their home. What other, because we did, we touched on at the beginning, how are people feeling when they, when you first come in versus how do they feel? You elaborate a little bit more on those emotions. Yeah. When you're done. Yeah. So I can give some examples of things that my clients have said to me. Yes. So I organized a ladies wardrobe and I went back the next day and she said to me, I know this sounds silly, but I feel lighter. I felt lighter today getting ready. And it was just easy and effortless. And if you can start your day like that, then you can take that energy throughout the whole day. Really? So before it was her her not organized, not decluttered. And yeah, once once we did that, it was just easy for her to get ready. Mm-hmm. And that was so good. I want to um, be in a wardrobe. <laughs> I'm sure you won't do virtual console. It could be on the card. <laughs> after organizing another client, after organizing her pantry and her fridge, she told me that now she's actually eating healthier. Wow. And because she was able to see what she had and the healthier things are placed in the prime real estate, which is like torso to eye level. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's where the healthier things were. So that's what she was going for more. And her leftovers no longer went missing at the back of the fridge because we put that in the prime real estate so she could get that first. Yeah. And anyone who's tried different habits of eating knows that what we eat affects how we feel. And not just physically, but it can also be emotionally. So, yeah, organizing, decluttering, organizing your fridge and your pantry can help you to eat healthier and feel better in that way. Yeah. Really impact all areas of a holistic health perspective, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I know for myself, when my bedroom is clean and tidy with no clutter, I know I sleep better. Because you don't want to go to bed um, and the last thing that you see is clutter on your bedside table or clothes on the floor. It just doesn't have that nice calm energy that you need for sleep. And also not under attack. If we think about it, yeah. from being light and nervous. Yes. Yeah, you're not under attack. It's just calm. And if you step out of your bed in the middle of the night, then... You don't have to look out for what's on the floor. You can just walk around and you're fine. If you need to go to the toilet or if your kids call out to you or whatever, you know that you can, yeah, you'll be fine. Without stubbing um, toe on something on the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and while I do know that emotional, mental, mental, physical health, I know it has so many layers to it and I'm not saying that by decluttering and organizing your home, it's instantly going to fix all these issues. It will definitely support your health in a positive way and complement any sort of well-being goals that you have. So it's really complementary to a lot of other things that you might have going on. And also, I guess on that aspect as well, is it's almost like trying to heal, if you, if you are trying to heal from things, trying to heal in a, in a toxic environment it's like trying to lose weight eating chocolate all day long yeah it's counterintuitive and so you will support your healing because we've spoken about how the clutter can impact your emotional health but also from an energetic perspective and when our energy can flow freely within our body as well then we do end up in this space where we can achieve mental and physical and emotional 
well-being. And so what you are just yeah. doing within your home is creating a beautiful, inviting, clean, clear, supportive canvas for you to keep doing whatever healing work you need to do mentally, physically, emotionally, mm, or energetically exactly. within yourself. Yeah. <laughs> One, one more question that I want to ask you as we so just we're gonna wrap up, but yeah, actually I had two questions. Do you have any tips for kids who are not wanting to get rid of any purely <laughs> <laughs> selfish questions? I get asked that question all the time. I have all these things in my head, and none of them are coming out. All right, okay. What do I do with my you, tips? You did I, I do. a really interesting Instagram post. Okay. That shared. And I, to be honest, I actually looked at that and I thought, I'm going to just ask you what these tips are. Yeah. But I'm really curious. My daughter will literally get so attached to a, a piece of paper, something that, and it is beautiful in a way. Some of it, she says, this holds a memory for me. Oh. But it's something that's snapped in half and broken. And also maybe, I don't know, came from McDonald's. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? And to yes. part, and I feel mean. I feel really mean because yeah. I, I will validate that for her. But when it comes to the clutter, then she's at school. So then I'll go and, I'll go and dig. Then I feel actually mm. really quite mean and deceitful doing yes. it that way and I would really love for her because we've had conversations like let's gift these things to people who need them or let things like that I don't know that's exactly that's cracked yet <laughs> okay that's what I did with my kids and I did it when when they were quite little yeah because I had lots of toys and the toys just kept entering the house and I'm like we don't need this many you, you you're too overwhelmed to play with this many so this approach may not work for everyone but I showed them pictures of children living in poverty and I was like this is how some people live they don't have toys they don't even have a bed so, and it would be really nice to on gift these things to these children who don't have it so even to this day when we're decluttering we say we'll give this to boys and girls we'll give that to boys and girls that's still what we call it and that was where I started with my kids and their toys in terms of the sentimental things like artwork or pieces of paper this can even apply to toys I would set boundaries in terms of containers Mm. so I have a hanging file folder thing and in it is a file for each school year so from preschool all the way up, and I've done it all the way up to university if they happen to get that far. But whatever can sit in that little file is what they can keep for that year. And if it becomes too full, then all right, it's time to pull it out. Let's pick 10 favourites or 20 favourites. And then that's what we'll hold on to. Yeah, and the same can go for toys. So, for example, we have a big basket with soft toys. And every now and then we'll go to it and go, yeah, this is overflowing now. So you each get to pick up two kids. So you each get to pick five soft toys. All right, let's put them in. We've still got some room. So let's put two more in. Still got a bit room. All right, one more. Yeah, it's full now. Are we happy to let go of these things that don't fit? So it's about choosing their favorites. 
first. First, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then if they really don't want to let go of things, I probably wouldn't do it for them, although so many people do and it depends on their age and we know our children best. I know if I was to do it for my kids, they're likely to ask me and then be like, you threw that out. We just roll with that when it happens. I don't know. (laughs) But that can then lead to, this is just my opinion. I don't know if there's any scientific backing to this, but that can, from my opinion, lead to them holding onto their things more long-term because they're scared that somebody else is going to get rid of it for them. Yeah. So if in that case, I would consider, for example, with toys, I would consider doing a toy rotation. So maybe you've got some boxes in the garage of things stored away so that way the living space isn't flooded with all these toys and you can rotate them every few months or whenever you need to. And then it's almost like Christmas for them every couple of months. <laughs> going, yeah, I forgot about this toy. And then they don't have, if they ask for a specific thing, you can say, oh, yeah, I do have that. Yeah. Or if it's been sitting in there for a year and then you get out and they don't play with it, you can say that to them. Look, you haven't had this for a year. Mm-hmm. I know that you like this one better. What do you think about passing this on to somebody else? They are. <laughs> Amazing. They are absolutely amazing tips. And I did just scroll to find the post and it was back in August. So if anybody wants okay. to go and have a look in Sarah's Instagram, there are some very tangible posts and uh, suggestions and tips in there as well to help that. It is, and just follow her on Instagram because it is like porn for those of us who live in messy clothing houses. <laughs> Pictures of someone else's house. <laughs> Sarah, as we wrap up, For someone who is now feeling really motivated to go and create some clear energy in their home and to start clearing some spaces, but is maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed with where to start or how to start because one thing leads to suddenly a whole weekend wishing that you hadn't started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Now none of you want to go do it. (laughs) But but what, what would you say? What is a really a tangible tip that someone can just get started to to break that ice to go and get started yeah so the thing that I would do with my clients is to start in the space that is causing you the most stress that will leave the biggest impact for some people that is completely overwhelming so if you want to start in your kitchen go it's too overwhelming to do my kitchen you could start with one drawer just start with one drawer and just get one drawer done or even if that space is still too overwhelming, start with a small area. Start with the smallest space. It might be the console in your entranceway. Just get that clear. So the aim is to achieve success so that you can gain momentum. Mm-hmm. So whatever you choose to do first, make sure that you know it's achievable enough for you to be successful at it so that you feel the benefits straight away and it gives you that motivation to just keep going. It might not be on the same day, but you'll feel the benefits to know I'm going to continue with this and you don't feel deflated. Yeah. So realistic expectations, realistic Mm -hmm. goals, and maybe releasing that all or nothing mindset of, hey, I'm doing the kitchen, I have to do the kitchen. That's not realistic for most people. Yeah. Unless you have a whole day child free. Yeah. Then to do the whole kitchen is not 
not realistic to do in one day. So don't feel like you need to do that. And do you, if let's say you went and did a drawer or a couple of cupboards or something within your own home, do mm-hmm. you then make sure that what you have decluttered leaves the home, say either to the tip or to Vinnie's or wherever it's going, do you make sure that, that happens on the same day? Because I also then get an issue where then I've got, I've piled up stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you're not alone with that. And part of my services for my clients is to take all that stuff with me. Yeah. So they're not left with that pile of stuff to do. Do you recommend someone to try and do it as quick as possible? Yeah. Get it out as quick as possible is, is definitely my recommendation. Do I do that? I do it when I do my client stuff. So I probably am there way more frequently than what everybody else is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you I do, do still see that's a real thing. We yeah. de- you declutter, but then you've still got the clutter, but it's just living in garbage bags and boxes in your garage instead of actually yeah. being left from your home. I think that is an aspect of it that particularly when we look at the time to do it, we don't take into consideration. Like I'll do yeah. under this thing and then you finish at eight o'clock at night and then it's gone. I'll just leave that there. But then the job's mm-hmm. fully it's like you Not haven't done that loop yet. That's yeah. there. It's just in a different form. And it's all energy. It's all energy. So it's still there, really. Yeah. Try and get that out. Give yourself a week, dedicated so, space in that week mm-hmm. to to get that out. Because doing it that same day is ideal. But like you said, if you're still finishing at eight o'clock at night, then it's it's not always going to happen. You might get the urge to declutter it once the kids have gone to bed and it's not always doable to do it the same day. But set that Did intention to do that intention. part of that job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So how can we work with you and where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Zen Spaces by Sarah with an underscore in between each word. And I also have a website which is denspacesbysarah.com.au and I'm doing in-home organisation services or at the moment I'm servicing Byron Bay to the Gold Coast but I do have a digital resource coming out start of 2024. Oh so you want to get a wait list for that then? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you can send me a DM on Instagram. I haven't set up all the back end of that yet. Yeah. Um, but if you're keen, you can definitely send me a DM on Instagram. Or if you have any questions about anything organizational, anything de- about decluttering, always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. It. Head over to Sarah on Instagram and tell her what you took out of this episode yes. uh, so that she knows that what she shared has landed and how it's landed. And I would love to hear what your next steps are. What are you off to declutter? What is it? What area in your home are you ready to change that energetic vibration of? And yeah, share it with Sarah because she'll share it with me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's on Instagram. And I love, I've loved every bit of this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank up. you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely being here and having a chat with you. It was so much fun. All right, go say hi to Sarah on Instagram. Bye. Wow, what a journey it's been today. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who tuned in to Alive and Thriving. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep growing, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favourite platform. It's a simple but powerful way to support a small business like ours to continue to make an impact.